just got one word for somebody in the building. Uh, if he did it uh, before, uh, he can do it again. Uh, I need you to tell your neighbor, tell a neighbor, uh, the same God that did it uh, is the same God uh, that's doing it right now. Uh, I need somebody to shout uh, because he's doing it right now. Uh, he did, he did.
warn your neighbor, tell them warning, warning, warning. <laughs> it's flammable in the building right now. <laughs> warning, warning, warning. <laughs> if you light a match right now, it's liable to explode. <laughs> warning, warning, warning. If you praise him right now, something liable to to take place in this building right now I don't care what you came here with this morning God's ready to meet you at your need you got sickness in your body there's a healing in the building you got fear in your mind there's power and peace in the building this morning There's deliverance and freedom in the building this morning. Somebody give him a shout of praise one more time. Woo! Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday morning? Woo! 
high five somebody on the way to your seat. Tell them it's like fire shut up in my bones. Hallelujah. The prophet said I wasn't going to say nothing anymore. Prophet said I was going to keep my mouth shut and I wasn't going to speak anymore. But he said his word was like fire shut up in my bones. I was going to behave myself at church. I wasn't going to get all that excited. I wasn't going to get carried away. But there's something on the inside of me that shut up like fire in my bones. And I can't help but give him praise. I can't help but shout. I can't help but dance. shut up in your bones this morning uh, somebody's got a little anointing all up inside of you this morning Whoa! my 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 did anybody come with expectation in the building uh, did you come believing God for something in the building this morning tap your hands one more time and give God a great big praise hallelujah all right, take two. You can be seated this morning. We'll try a second time, amen. Oh, we just can't help it around here. We, we just can't help it around here. If you only knew what God's been doing for us, uh, you'd understand our praise this morning. Uh, I'm telling you, if I only had time to testify, uh, you'd understand why I'm running around in death. Matter of fact, if you knew what God had done for me, uh, you'd be shouting for me this morning. Uh, if you only knew what God's done for me, uh, you'd be praising him uh, for me this morning. Uh, hey, uh, if I hold my peace, uh, the rocks are going to cry out. Uh, i got to give him a hallelujah. Got to give him a glory, glory. I've got to give him a, a thank you, Jesus. I've got to. Hey, hey. Delete. 
if God's been good to you. you there's something about to break loose in this building this morning I don't know what you came for but you can have it right now I don't know what your need is but God wants to meet you uh, right now let's clap our hands one more time give God the praise hallelujah hallelujah Are you thankful just to be in the atmosphere that we feel this morning? Are you thankful just to be in a church where the liberty of the Holy Ghost is flowing this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated one more time this morning. (laughs) Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to move forward, but I just feel the glory of God in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you do me a favor and help me clap your hands and welcome all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord with us? Come on, we want to take a moment and welcome every guest and visitor that's in the building right now. We can do a little bit better than that. Let's show them how much we love them today. If you're here for the very first time, we want to say welcome to the Rock Church. Amen. We are so excited to have you in the house of the Lord. And if you're here for the first time, you should have received a VIP invitation card when you walked in the building. This is just an invitation for you to join us immediately after the service in our VIP room. We have a room designated with some light refreshments. We've got a small gift that we'd love to give you just as a token of our appreciation for having you in the house of the Lord with us today. We want you to know how excited and honored we are that you took time out of your morning. You could have been anywhere, but you came to worship with us today and we're excited and grateful for that. Amen, church? Amen. And uh, if you're here for the first time and you did not receive one of those invitations, if you would just slip your hand up really quick, one of our staff members will run one of those to you. We want you to join us after the service. Amen. How many of you are grateful for everything that God's been doing in this place? I mean, we have been in the middle of Holy Ghost revival. God has been doing some amazing things in this house, and we're so grateful for that. Uh, I know we've already said it this morning, uh, but I want to say how thankful we are for what God has done for Sister Leal in opening the door for her citizenship. Amen. God opens doors that no man can close. (laughs) Amen, somebody. And we don't have time this morning. If I start passing the microphone around, the testimonies that would begin to unfold in this house about the doors that God has opened for people this year. Brother Leal texted me earlier this week. We were celebrating what had happened. And he, he texted something that almost made me wreck my vehicle. I said, he said, it's the year of the open door. I said, amen. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, God. He said, and one more thing. The year ain't over yet. Come on, somebody. What is today? The third? Today's the fourth? You got 27 more days of open door miracles ready to. I just need about 15 believers in the building. Hey! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Amen. And we're excited about that. Want to remind you about two services coming up. Uh, Actually, three of them. Somebody say tonight. Tonight will be our foot washing and communion service. And it's going to be a special, special time in the Holy Ghost. And uh, the body of Christ is mandated by Jesus 
to observe these rites when the body of Christ comes together. And so uh, if you're wondering if this is for you or not, if you have repented of your sins and you have been baptized in Jesus' name and you have been filled with the Holy Ghost, then you are mandated by God to participate in the ceremonial rituals of foot washing and communion. Amen, somebody. If you have not yet been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, haven't repented of your sins, we still want you to come tonight. It's going to be an amazing service. Amen, somebody. But the foot washing and communion is reserved uh, for those that have been born into the body of Christ as per the word of the Lord. Amen. And so we want you to come. It's going to be a special, special night. Make sure to bring your own towel. Amen, somebody. Amen. And then Christmas Day, which is on Sunday this year, we will have one Christmas service at 11 a.m. Amen. It's going to be awesome. And so we want you to have plenty of time to make arrangements to be here Christmas morning for that one service. It's going to be a great time celebrating our Lord and Savior. And then New Year's Eve, which will be on a Saturday night this year, is going to be our annual New Year's Eve celebration service. I can't wait. It's going to be incredible. And uh, we always have an, a powerful time in the Holy Ghost. I will be preaching the New Year theme on that service. Y'all want to know what it is? Then I'll see you here on New Year's Eve service. Amen. It's going to be awesome. How many of you expecting God to do something great in this place today? I'm telling you, I'm so thankful for the presence of the Lord that's here. Stand with me if you would as we go to the word of the Lord. I want to invite you to read with me in the book of John, uh, chapter number five. It is here that you'll find my assignment for this morning. John chapter number five. I feel like that God is going to do something in this place. There have been some prayers that have been prayed for years. There have been some things that some people have struggled with for years that God said today is the day. Somebody's going to get that right there. God said today is the day. John chapter 5 verse number 1 says... After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. And whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease that he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took 
up his bed and walked and on the same day was the Sabbath. And for a few moments this morning, I want to preach about the peril of the porch. The peril of the porch. Would you lay your Bibles down and one more time clap your hands and give God a great big praise all over this sanctuary. Come on. Come on, God wants to touch somebody in this place today. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to first take an opportunity to give you a little bit of context concerning my assignment this morning. You must understand that the pool of Bethesda still has its remnants in ancient Jerusalem. If you were to go there today, you, you could lay your hands on the stones that outline where the pool of Bethesda was and still remains in ancient Jerusalem. It is here at this pool that our text takes place. This pool was the result of the Hebrew people and their ingenuity trying to bring water to their city. They borrowed the idea of the Romans' aqueducts and they had to irrigate water to bring it from the nearby rivers to the city where they were at. And so they would develop these channels of water and these aqueducts that would open up at certain places and form a pool of water that would become an access point for the people of that city. It was at one of these particular pools that this story takes place. The Bible indicates to us that there was another significance concerning the pool and that is the fact that this pool was near the sheep gate. Most theologians and historians believe that probably this pool was not just a single use pool of water, but because of its proximity to the sheep gate, that probably it shared as a water source for some of the livestock in the city. And so if you know anything about livestock and bodies of water, not only do they become pools of water to drink, but they become pools of water that they, well, I'm, I'm being dignified this morning. But this probably was not a place where the waters were pristine. It was probably not a place where the water was filtered by Culligan Water Company or, or Fiji Water Systems. But it was a place that had significance. There was significance in the divine and there was significance in the social construct of the society because the Bible says that around this pool that there were five porches. And the Bible tells us that at this particular pool that it became a place where people with physical maladies came together. The Bible says those that were halt and those that were lame and those that were withered gathered together at this pool and sat upon the porches. As a matter of fact, if you study, you will find that uh, they believe probably that they even segregated on these five porches where maybe if you had a particular issue, maybe you were blind, uh, then all of the blind people uh, kind of gathered together uh, on one particular porch. And uh, if you had a withered arm, uh, then you and everybody else with a withered arm would congregate uh, together on 
on one of the other porches. And so all of these people came together because of a commonality. And it was not a good commonality. They came together because of their dysfunction. Can I stop here for just a moment and preach to you that if you're going to be successful in living for God, you have to learn how to avoid congregating with other people that have the same dysfunction that you're trying to get delivered from. I don't know what it is about our human proclivity, uh, but we tend to seek out other people uh, that have the same problems uh, that we have. Uh, and the problem with that is, uh, is that in our humanity, uh, we tend to gather together uh, under the banner of what we can relate to uh, dysfunctionally, uh, and we become a support system uh, for our dysfunction. Uh, and if you're not careful, you'll surround yourself uh, with other people uh, that instead uh, of wanting to see you get better uh, they want to comfort you where you are uh, they don't want to see you break out of the same thing uh, that they're in bondage to uh, because misery uh, loves uh, company uh, and so you'll see people that get to ain't it something uh, that when people become carnal uh, they kind of gravitate to other people uh, that have the same issues uh, that they have together oh, I can't get no help in here. Ain't it something that when people backslide, they'll find every other backslider that they can to congregate. They never said two words to them when they were living for God. But when they backslide, that commonality of bitterness brings them to, oh, I'm preaching real good in the building. You you can find people even in the house of God that there's something about those carnal attributes uh, that want to find somebody else uh, that can relate to you. Listen here. Uh, you don't want to surround yourself with people uh, that are going to justify uh, your dysfunction. Uh, you need to find some people in your life uh, that'll challenge you uh, that you can be better than that. Uh, that you can come out of that. Uh, that you can get deliverance from that. Uh, I don't want you to pat me on the head uh, and give me reasons to justify uh, my behavior. The Bible says that faithful are the wounds of a friend. A real friend will tell you, stop acting like that. A real friend will tell you, you're being ridiculous. A real friend will tell you, you need to pray through. You're being carnal right now. They won't sit around the table and gossip with you. They won't sit around the table and talk about other people. But they will challenge you to be what God wants you to be. These people came together because of a commonality of their dysfunction around this pool. And when you study, the, the Bible says that, that, that the name of the place was Bethesda. And there is significance, and I'll preach about it here in a minute, but suffice to say that the word Bethesda is a compound word. The word Beth, meaning the house. You can find this when Jacob rests his head uh, upon the rock uh, and he has a visitation of the angels uh, coming to and from heaven. The Bible says that he got up and called the name of the place uh, Beth El. Beth meaning the house of. Uh, El meaning God. Uh, he called the place the house uh, of God. God. And the name Bethesda means the house of mercy. And so there was a social construct that took place around this pool and there was a divine order of something it's very significant in scripture we we don't find it anywhere else in the word of the Lord where the Bible says that at a certain season so probably this was an annual occurrence and it was a certain season the Bible says that an angel would come down and would trouble the water and the scripture says that when he troubled her 
the water. That the first man to get into the water when the angel troubled the water would be made whole of whatever his infirmities were. This was uh, what was happening here uh, at the pool uh, of Bethesda. And so it is in our text uh, that one day Jesus comes uh, to the pool. Uh, and the Bible says uh, that he sees a man uh, that had been there. Uh, and when he saw the man, uh, he knew uh, that he had been there uh, a long time. Uh, the Bible says that he was uh, empty for 38 years. Now understand this, that Jesus only lived to be 33 years old. His ministry began when he was 30 years old. And so Jesus was somewhere between the age of 30 and 33. This man had been sick for 38 years. He had been sick longer than Jesus had been alive. And yet when Jesus sees him uh, he knows I came to tell you this morning uh, that you're here today uh, and Jesus uh, knows uh, I know you thought you came to this house uh, incognito today and, uh, and you came as a guest uh, of your friend and uh, you feel like nobody really knows my story uh, nobody really knows my background uh, but I came to tell you uh, that when Jesus shows up uh, he knows all about you uh, he knows everything about your story uh, he knows every detail uh, of what you've been through in life. Uh, he knows everything about you. Uh, oh, I came to preach to somebody. Uh, you thought you came here on coincidence, uh, but you are here this morning uh, by the divine plan uh, and order of God. Uh, he knew that you would be here today. Uh, he knew that you would show up today. Uh, and he's here. Uh, and he wants you to know uh, that he sees uh, and he hears uh, and he knows and God understands and this man been laying here for a long long time now the Bible isn't specific to tell us if he had been at that pool for 38 years but perhaps he had been there from the beginning. Perhaps when he found out that he had a problem somebody told him about the pool. We know that he had been there long enough that he understood the season would happen every single year. We knew that he laid there because the Bible says that his response was uh, that every time uh, the waters were troubled uh, somebody else got into the pool uh, before he did uh, now you see I've got a problem with the text uh, because uh, if it was me uh, and I had the problem uh, and I understood uh, that every year uh, at the same time uh, that the waters were going to be troubled uh, the first year I can see uh, missing out on my miracle uh, I came there uh, and I did didn't know what to expect and when the waters got troubled somebody else got in the water before me I, I can see that and, and maybe the second year you, you know he prepared but, but he didn't prepare good enough and somebody else but baby by the time the third year came I tell you what I would have done I would have set my bed on the edge of the pool oh yeah I would have said put me on the very edge of the pool and when the water is troubled all I gotta do is roll over into the water you see you can always tell the people that are really hungry for a miracle in a building because they come to the edge of the water you can always tell in a church service the people that came expecting something from God they don't sit in the back of the sanctuary with their arms crossed but you'll find them on the very front row you'll find them up at the front uh, why because they said it's not a matter of if uh, it's a matter of when uh, the glory of God shows up uh, and when the glory of God shows up uh, I want God to know I'm ready uh, I want God to come on somebody uh, you see if you're serving food 
You never have to tell the hungry person to hurry up and get in line. And you can tell the hungry people in the house of God. You ain't ever got to tell them to get on their feet and worship. When the bread starts getting broken by the preacher, uh, they're in the front of the line saying, feed me, preacher. Uh, they're, they're the ones standing up, running to the front, uh, saying, give it to me. Uh, they're not sitting in the back, uh, satisfied uh, with whether, oh, no, 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 no. You're going to find them on the edge uh, of their seat. Uh, you're going to find them, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, there's some hungry people uh, that when they come to the house of God, uh, they find the very front row. Uh, excuse me, uh, excuse Excuse me, do you mind if I sit here? Uh, yeah, I want to be on the very front. Uh, I don't want nothing standing uh, in between me uh, and a move of God. Uh, I don't want nothing standing uh, between me uh, and what God, what I want to know this morning uh, is are there any hungry people uh, in the building today? Uh, what I want to know uh, is is there anybody uh, that needs a miracle in the house? You see, if you were desperate for God to do something, uh, you would get up out of your seat uh, and come with expectation uh, and say, all right, God, uh, it's me. Uh, I need the miracle. Uh, I need you to move. Uh, I need you. My God, somebody's going to get uh, what they came for uh, in the building this morning. Hungry people. Act different than people that are full. But there's some people in the building right now. You're desperate for God to do something in the building. You've got some things that have been on your shoulders. you got some things you've been living with that you understand if God doesn't do it, it cannot be done. I've got to have a miracle. I've got to have a move of God in this place. So, Jesus comes and he asks this man a question. Now, can I be honest with you? When I first began to study the text, I thought that's a dumb question. And I know y'all are too sanctified to think that way when you read the Bible. And don't worry, I repented after God gave me the revelation. But I said, what a crazy question to ask. He asks the man, wilt thou be made whole? Most transliterations read, do you want to be made whole? That seems like a crazy question to ask. Nobody goes into the ICU and walks in the room and says, how are you enjoying your stay here? Would you like an extra three nights? Nobody has to walk into the ICU and say, do you want to get out of here? It seems like a crazy question to ask. But the fact of the matter is, is you would be surprised at how many people are comfortable in their dysfunction. Oh, I'm about to preach. I'm coming for somebody in the building. Uh, it would surprise you uh, how many people have found a place uh, of comfortability uh, in their dysfunction. Uh, it would blow your mind uh, how many people come to a place uh, where it's easier uh, to lay down uh, and make excuses uh, for where I am uh, than to believe God uh, to do something uh, for me. to be made whole and the man's answer is just as baffling as the question because the question required brother pack a simple grammatical answer of yes or no but the man says I can't I can just see Jesus saying I didn't ask y'all that I did not ask y'all that. He did not ask him if he could. You see, if you could, then you wouldn't be in the situation you're in. 
It's obvious that you can't. God's question is not can you, it is do you want to be made whole? But the man's focus is on his problem and other people. I can't because every time I try, those people get in front of me. No consideration. Every time I try to, they get preferential treatment. Everybody helps them and nobody's helping me. Everybody's helping them move forward and here I am with no help. You see, it's easy to get stuck in that place of making excuses for our dysfunction. And he got so focused on his own struggle and other people that he was missing the moment that he was living in right then and that he didn't understand the depth of the question that Jesus was asking him do you want to be made whole God will confront your motive for your dysfunction I had an evangelist friend of mine told me about a revival he was preaching. And in one particular service, the Holy Ghost broke loose in that place. And miracles started unfolding for the steward. And he began to pray. And people began to receive miracles, physical healings in that room. And he looked up and there was a man that had been sitting in the service over in his wheelchair. And as faith began to build in that man, uh, he, he felt something, an unction uh, to go to that man and pray. He believed that God uh, was about to heal that man. And he walks over to the man in the wheelchair. And just as he's about to put his hands uh, on his head, the man reaches up and stops his hand and said, don't pray for me. He said, what do you mean? He said, sir, God wants to heal you. He said, don't pray for me. I don't want to be healed. He said, sir, what, what do you mean you don't want to be healed? He said, if I get healed, it'll mess up all of my benefits. You see, that's the reason some people sit in their pew uh, when God is ready to deliver them uh, and they make excuses uh, because uh, if God delivers them, uh, then they lose all their benefits. Uh, I lose the benefit uh, of everybody's sympathy uh, for how poor of a situation uh, that I'm in if God heals me. Uh, if God delivers me, uh, I lose the benefit uh, of having an excuse uh, for my poor behavior. Oh, I can't get no help up in here if I, if I get healed then I lose all of my reasons for why I'm lazy and I lose all of my reasons for why I've got a bad attitude God wants to know are you willing do you want to be made whole I'm asking somebody in the building God wants to know do you want to be made whole I know you're in trouble but do you want out of trouble? I know it's been years that you've been in that dysfunction, but are you ready to get out of it? I know you've been that way a long time, but are you ready? Don't worry about who did it to you. Don't worry about where. God wasn't concerned. He didn't ask him how he got there. He didn't ask him to explain because God doesn't care how you got in that kind of a situation. All he's concerned with is your future. Come on, somebody. I don't care what mistakes you made. I don't care what kind of a cycle of dysfunction that you've been in. I don't care what kind of problems have been plaguing you. All God wants to know this morning is will thou be made? Oh, somebody in the building is hungry. There's somebody in the building right now that's saying, me, God, me, I want to be made whole. Me, God, I've got 
got to be delivered. Me, God, I've got to get out of it. Do you want to be made whole? Oh, I'll lose my place at the porch. Oh, that means I'll have to get up and believe God to do it. I don't know. You see, that is the peril of the porch. You see, the place was called Bethesda, the house of mercy. Yet there was no house there. There was no residence there. There were only porches. Because mercy was never meant to be a house you lived in. Mercy is only designed to bring you to deliverance. The porch was never meant to be a place that you set up residence. The porch was meant to be a staging area. God's mercy was never meant for you to sit there for years in broken cycles, living on the mercy of God. His mercy was designed to bring you to an opportunity of deliverance. I'm preaching about the peril of the porch. There's people in the building. You've been living on the porch for years. You've been camped out on the porch for years. And it's the mercy of God that has kept you. But this morning, God sent me to preach to you that God's ready for you to get off the porch. God's ready to deliver you. God's ready to set you free. Will thou be made whole? Come on, where you at this morning? Who am I preaching to this morning? It's time for you to get ready to move. It's time for you to get ready for God to bring you out. It's time for you to get ready for God to do a work in this place. Come on, who am I preaching to right now? God's ready to set you free. God's ready to deliver you. You got to make up in your mind. I'm not going to live another year on this porch. I'm not going to live another year doing the same thing over and over and over again. I'm ready for what God said I could be. I'm ready for who God said that I am. Who am I preaching to in this building this morning? God is calling and he's asking you, will thou be made whole? Come on, God's come to the five porches this morning and he's looking for somebody that's hungry. I am preaching to people that have been dealing with some things that for years has been limiting you and for years it has been defining you and for years it has had a lid over the top of your head but God sent me into this building today to preach to you that if you are willing God is ready to set you free I don't care that you've been in the same place for 38 years. I don't care how many years you've been stuck. I don't care what your mama did. I don't care what your daddy didn't do. I don't care what people said about you. I don't care what your failure was. All I want to know is will thou be made whole? peril of the porch is that when Jesus shows up can he find somebody willing to get off the porch can he find somebody willing to say "All right, God I'm going to get out of my comfort zone I'm going to get out of this place that I've been stuck and I'm going to allow you to heal me come on somebody (laughs) 
here's what happens. Jesus asks him, do you want to be whole? And in the man's dysfunction, he doesn't even respond properly. But it is almost as if God ignores the man's response. Aren't you glad that God ignores your response sometimes? Is there anybody glad that sometimes God overlooks your ignorance? Maybe it's just me this morning, uh, but is there anybody that's grateful uh, that God didn't always answer my prayer uh, the way I prayed it uh, because I was asking uh, amiss? Uh, is there anybody grateful uh, for the times that God ignored what I said uh, and did what he needed to do for me uh, anyway? He looks at the man and listen to what he tells him. He commands him to do something that was beyond the man's current ability. He looks at the man and says, rise up. Doesn't he know that I'm paralyzed? Doesn't he know I can't do that? Doesn't he know uh, that he's asking me to do more uh, than I have the ability uh, to do? Uh, Jesus looked at him uh, and said, stand uh, up. Why? Uh, because faith uh, is the substance uh, of things uh, hoped for. Uh, and it is the evidence uh, of things uh, that are not seen. How long have you been hoping to walk one day? Uh, how long have you been dreaming uh, to stand up one day? Uh, you hear me, somebody, uh, when and the word of the Lord comes forth uh, all God needs you to do uh, is mix your faith uh, with the word of God uh, because faith uh, without works uh, is dead uh, being alone uh, but there is somebody in the building uh, God right now is telling you uh, stand up uh, get up uh, I can hear him right now calling your name uh, get up out of your pew uh, I'm going to do a miracle uh, stand up uh, from where you're sitting this morning uh, I'm going to heal you. Uh, stand up uh, from where you're sitting this morning. Uh, I'm going to move on your behalf. Uh, get up uh, from where you are. Uh, I'm going to do uh, a miracle uh, in your life. Is there anybody in the building uh, that would respond uh, to the word of God right now? Kobashataya. I'm preaching to somebody that's been stuck for years. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody that's been at the porch for years. Today is your day. Listen. I can see Jesus standing there. And Jesus could have said, you know what? You're waiting for the troubling of the water. And I came to tell you I'm the God over water. I can see Jesus saying, you know what? You're waiting for the season. I am the season. And when I show up, it is your season. I can see Jesus looking at the water and saying, water, move. You don't believe I'm in charge of the water? Ask Moses when the Red Sea parted. You don't believe I'm in charge of the water? Ask my mama when I told the water to turn into wine. Water. But Jesus didn't do that because sometimes Jesus moves in ways that you're not expecting him to move. That man had it fixed in his mind uh, that there was only one way to get deliverance. Uh, he had it fixed in his mind uh, that God could only move uh, one kind of a way. Uh, but when Jesus shows up, uh, he'll break every paradigm. Uh, when Jesus shows up, uh, he'll move in ways uh, that you can't imagine. Uh, he'll move in ways uh, that you never thought possible. Uh, he'll speak in ways uh, that you weren't expecting. Uh, and I came to preach uh, to somebody in the building. He's here right now. The Holy Ghost is moving right now. 
I want you to hear me. As you keep praying, I want you to hear me. Jesus tells the man, rise, and I want you to pick up your bed. Why would he tell him? to pick up his bed I'll tell you there's two reasons why number one is I want to show you that you're going to carry the thing that used to carry you when I finish doing a work in you you're going to be what used to be the thing that carried your weakness is going to become a testimony of your strength you're going to carry the thing that used to carry who am I preaching to right now God said get up and pick up your bed the second reason is if he would have left the bed on the porch it always would have been a place of temptation for him to return but when you take the bed with you you're making a statement that says I'll never be back in this position again I felt that in the Holy Ghost I know you've prayed this prayer before I know you've asked God before but today God said I want you to pick up your bed because you're never going to return to this place of dysfunction again when I finish with you today you're never going to lay on that bed again when I finish with you today you'll never be stuck in that position again and the last thing I want to say as we let the Holy Ghost continue to move he said rise pick up your bed and walk why do I gotta walk because they carried you in but the devil's gonna see you walk out when you came in here, they saw them carrying you. Uh, but when the enemy sees you leave this morning, uh, it's going to be under the power of your own uh, two uh, feet. Uh, who am I preaching to uh, in the building right now? Uh, lift up your hands. Uh, God just wants to know, uh, will you be made whole? Uh, God wants to know, uh, will you be made whole? Uh, will you be made whole? Uh, come on, lift up your hands. Uh, lift up your hands. Uh, 